This is a Cincy fan talking with LP. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy fan talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore fan talk at yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows? You might find yourself as part of the show. Any feedback would be definitely appreciated. And also, make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my Twitter. Make sure you click on that. You can find all the different ways to contact me there. Enjoy the show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. What is going on? Welcome to another episode, the first episode of the year of a Cincy fan talking with LP. What is up? It is yours truly, LP, of course. Welcome back. Welcome to 2021. Happy we made it. Happy we got through 2020. Um, Don't get it twisted. I mean, I mean, I'm looking at this like 2020 light for real until we get everything we need to get done, you know, get these vaccines rolled out to everybody, all that good stuff. But hey, at least we out of 2020. So I'm eternally grateful for that. Um, If you've been here before, you know the business and you know the facts, click the link tree, check out all the causes, do that for your boy. Definitely appreciate that. I mean, y'all know the science, so yeah, y'all know y'all know the deal on that. Um, check out all uh, my my Twitter peeps. Make sure y'all check them out. Do the scroll pass and, and check them because they some real good people. They they held me down for the whole year, so make sure y'all check them all out. Um, I'll have the links up for them so you can check them all out. Uh, it's at this point, it's it's way too many to shout out. So uh, make sure you check out my Twitter page so you can check them out real diverse group of people you got true crime people you got sports people uh, you got you got people that you know they they talk they say how they feel so make sure you check them out real good people um i'm gonna do my sports thing today it's it's a lot of sports to talk about so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do my sports bit today um gotta get on my bangles not really get on them real talk because i mean they they're doing they're doing Bengals stuff, real real life. I mean, I, I I guess I'm just frustrated with not being a Bengals fan, but I'm just frustrated with the Bengals process. Um, if you're surprised that they kept Zach Taylor, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that that's pretty much going to be the theme of this. Why are you surprised? Why are you surprised about the stuff that happened in the past week? The first thing, why were you surprised about the Bengals keeping Zach Taylor? It's the Bengals MO. It's what the Bengals do. The Bengals are not going to let somebody go if they have years on their contract. 
unless they're, I can't even say if they're woefully underperforming. I can't say that because we've seen coaches, we've seen players woefully underperform. That doesn't mean that they get kicked off. It doesn't mean they get let go. You get a shot to turn it around simply because you still got more years on your contract. And I said this before. I don't know if it's necessarily right or wrong. It's a Bengals thing. And as much as I've been on Zach Taylor's case, I wouldn't let Zach Taylor go after two years. Does it make sense to let somebody go after two years on the job? Like, it it really doesn't when you truly think about it. You get two years to turn the ship around. And then you just dump somebody. And then you get the next person two years to turn the ship around. And then you dump them. You'll never get to where you want to go if you keep changing course. You won't get there. You're constantly changing direction. You make four left turns, you pretty much... You pretty much just turned around the block. You'll end up in the same spot. So at some point, you got to keep going straight. So I get what the Bengals are doing. I like I truly understand it. But the point is this about the Bengals. You keep going the same direction with people that have proven that they're not on task. Like, I get keeping Zach Taylor after two years. But the Bengals will turn around and renew him for like another three years after this. And we'll be looking like, what are you doing? What are you thinking? And and that's the whole MO of the Bengals. Like, why are you letting the assistant coaches go? What's the point of that? That, that would be like my car breaking down and me going to get a car wash, thinking that that'll solve the problem. <laughs> I don't think the car wash is the problem, champ. That's not it. You got to dig a little deeper. You can bring more assistant coaches in. It looks great on paper, but those assistant coaches are taking direction from the coach. They're getting their walking orders from the coach. They're more hands-on with their position groups, true indeed, but... Who do you think they're getting orders from? So I'm sure the assistant coaches are looking like, okay, you let me go, but you letting the head honcho stay? I mean, that's kind of like me being on the Titanic and like repositioning the deck chairs, thinking that that's going to get me to New York. Yeah, probably not. Maybe me steering the ship a little better to get me there. That's kind of like the people steering the ship. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And that's the whole thing, being a Bengals fan. We see so much stuff that doesn't make sense that once we start seeing seeing things veer towards that course again, we're kind of like, make it stop, make it stop. It's, it's just frustrating that. <laughs> and I'm about to say something that most Bengals fans think. And I'm hearing more and more Bengals fans say, we see a lot of cost-cutting and cost-saving moves. We see a lot of we're about the money moves. Last year, we started seeing the Bengals spend money. 
we started seeing them make moves to to fix the defense and we were excited we were thinking like you know it's a new day you know new Bengals. they're about to they're about to open things up but they didn't fix that offensive line as Bengals fans we're tired of seeing the whole bottom line taking precedent over the winning culture that's what it feels like Maybe that's not necessarily correct, but that's what it feels like. That's what it looks like. So it's going to have to change. We saw it change a little bit over the course of the offseason. A lot of people are going to forget that, and a lot of people won't give the organization credit for what they started doing. True, there were a lot of injuries. But the Bengals, they started making strides. They started actually paying people. They made some they made some pretty decent free agent signings. They started paying some people. We'll see if that starts translating over to the offense, the offensive line. And they start getting the protection that Joe Burrow needs. Because if the same thing happens next year, it's gonna be a huge problem. Like it's gonna be an absolutely huge problem. And I don't see how you can justify Zach Taylor keeping the position that he has currently. Like, I I just don't see how it can happen. Me, personally. I thought that people would be a whole lot more upset after what happened during the last game against the Baltimore Ravens. It seemed like people just kind of mailed it in. Like, they expected that, that spanking that happened. And me personally, I'm, I'm like, we should never expect to lose to a division rival like that. No matter the setting, no matter what's on the line, that should not be happening. We went one and five in the division. This should be unacceptable. Um, there should be no platitudes given. It shouldn't be. <clears throat> it shouldn't be. Oh well, there were a lot of injuries and things like that. These are teams in your division that you know extremely well. You have to play better. I mean, you just have to. I mean, the coaching has to step up. The playing has to step up. And I feel like the Bengals were a lot closer than people give them credit for. I mean, they really were. Every team's going to have injuries. Every team had to deal with COVID. I mean, it was an absolute mess. But at some point, there's going to have to be what did the coach bring to the table that that's gonna have to come out at some point there's gonna have to be a year where people are gonna have to say how far did we go maybe year two wasn't that year maybe it's too soon but how much time do you give I guess that's the burning question is it three years is it four years? I mean, I don't think it can be more than four years. I mean, could it? <laughs> could you give a coach five or six years of play like this and they're still okay? I don't know. Like here in Cincinnati is weird. I mean, we've seen coaches last for a while and they just underperform. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Me personally, this was... 
I expected at least five wins. I expected a five and eleven season. I didn't expect a great season. I didn't expect a good season. I expected at least five wins. So four wins and a tie. About where I expected them to be. So that's why I say he should get a third year because honestly, they're kind of sort of on track. We'll see if they progress or if they regress. But they're going to have to get better than they were this year. They can't drop off. Um, Two wins last year, four wins in this half this year. They have to be better. You can't use the division as an excuse. You can't use injuries as an excuse. You can't use COVID as an excuse because there are 31 other teams that have all of the same excuses. And some teams fight them very well. Some teams don't. And the Bengals can't continue to be one of the teams that don't. I mean, they can't. Because if they are, there has to be some accountability for it. And if there's no accountability, then... Coaches are going to continue to underachieve. Players are going to continue to underachieve. I mean, that's the story of life. If there's no accountability, people don't do what they're supposed to do. That's not a football thing. That's a people thing. If you don't hold your employees accountable, if you don't hold your kids accountable, if you don't hold people accountable, they really don't do what you want them to do. So that's going to be the task for the Bengals accountability and achievement. So we'll see where it goes. So continuing with the why are you surprised thing. Why were people surprised that Ohio State showed up and showed out against Clemson? I I don't really understand this. I mean, Ohio State has a track record of when they're the underdogs, of coming through and showing out. This isn't just a Ryan Day thing. This is an Urban Meyer thing. This is a Jim Trestle thing. The last time they were not underdogs, the last time they were underdogs and they didn't show out was probably John Cooper. (laughs) It's been that long since they were doubted and they didn't show out. This is what Ohio State does. If you doubt the Ohio State Buckeyes football team, you'll see that chip on their shoulder grow super duper big and they're going to show up and show out. I have no idea why Dabo Swinney would run his mouth in press conferences the way that he did. Now, you got to understand this. What he said was true. I mean, there's only six games to tape to watch Ohio State football. You don't really have a lot of tape to watch. We get that. You don't have to say it. That's just not smart. Why are you giving a really good team bulletin board material, a team that you beat in the same stage the year before? And then you rate this team that you're about to play that you beat the year before 11th under UC, under Coastal Carolina, under Florida, under Oklahoma. It makes no sense. Why are you giving a team that you're about to play that you beat last year? Why are you giving them 
extra fuel. And then you have the talking heads on ESPN and all the other shows. They're saying, oh, well, if they need extra fuel, then they really shouldn't be here. Get it straight. Nobody needs extra fuel, but you'll take it. (laughs) If you're a millionaire, you don't need an extra thousand dollars. But if somebody's giving you an extra thousand dollars, would you not take it? The millionaire's gonna take it. Up oh, extra couch cushion money. Not a problem. You're gonna take the extra edge. So what the Buckeyes did is they simply took the extra edge, that little extra push of motivation. Who wouldn't take that as fuel? It's it's just smart. You have something else to play for. And on top of all it is, on top of all the fuel that Sweeney is is building up. Keep in mind that the game that they played last year, and people might not agree with this, but if you look at the tape, it's true. Ohio State was the better team last year than Clemson was. Ohio State got some questionable calls to go against them. Now, it happens in football games. I'm a diehard Ohio State fan, but I do understand that some calls aren't going to go your way. I was heated last year when that targeting call didn't go our way. But I was super duper heated when that fumble call didn't go our way. I also understand that there were so many times where Ohio State could have kicked fit, could have scored touchdowns. They kicked field goals. 16-0 lead could have easily been 28-0. That's where they lost the game. Ohio State understood this. They knew this going into the game. They really felt like they were the better team last year. So you put all of this together. What happened on the field did not surprise me a bit, not even a little bit. The only thing that surprised me was the method in which the blowout occurred. I thought Clemson would put up a little bit more of a fight in the fourth quarter. I thought they would kind of like try to pull it back a little bit, but I had a feeling Ohio State was going to was gonna do some damage. They felt like they were the better team last year. So coming into this game this year, listening to all the doubters talk all the stuff like, oh, Ohio State, they don't even look good. They, don't, they, they look pretty bad. They only play six games, this, that, and the third. I'm like, I don't know if you guys been watching, but this is a game tailor-made for Ohio State to win. So it wasn't it wasn't really surprising. I mean, you can almost say it was expected to, to me. It, it was one of those games where you could see it coming, and then once they kicked the ball off, you were kind of like, yeah, I don't really see why people thought Clemson was all that. Even though they were a very good team, they ran into a matchup that didn't suit them very well. And their head coach did not help them at all. He really didn't. It's one of those times where you just want to pull your coach aside and just be like, dude, shut up. Like, <laughs> stop talking. Like, you just had a relationship with the coach and just be like, look, you're not helping us. Like, just just stop. Just 
just chill out. We got this. Because had Ohio State not had so much fuel, I felt like this game could have been a whole lot closer. I still felt like Ohio State was the better team because the offensive line and the defensive line for Ohio State is just so much better than Clemson. It's just so much better. I felt like Clemson might have had a better shot with last year's team because this year's team, they just didn't look as good. Not better than Ohio State's. Now, do I feel as confident with Alabama and Ohio State? Mm, I won't say as confident because Ohio State really wanted to beat Clemson. At the same time, that same doubt, I mean, that same doubt, the same you don't have a shot, you're pretty much hearing the same thing. And this is where Ohio State thrives. I'm telling you, this is this is where Ohio State, they want to be here. Ohio State wants to be in this position. Ohio State, we are so rarely an underdog. I, I tell people this all the time. Ohio State is pretty much on the same level as the Dallas Cowboys or the Pittsburgh Steelers or the New York Yankees or teams like that. You say Ohio State, you get an immediate reaction. It's either, oh, man, that's my squad, man, or it's, ugh, I hate them, dude. How could you be a Buckeye fan? I rarely get somebody that goes like, eh, I guess. I, I rarely meet somebody that just has a middle-of-the-road reaction about about the Ohio State Buckeyes. It's either one or the other. They usually hate the guts of the Buckeyes, or it's, I get high fives, like, yeah, yeah, that's my squad. And it's a rare team that's like that. That's that's a Dallas Cowboy thing. That's a Pittsburgh Steelers thing. Like that's a that's a Yankees thing. That's a Red Sox thing. Like so rare is it that you're talking about Ohio State in the tense of look, Ohio State, you think they can win? Like you think they got a shot? You don't you don't get that a lot. So when the Buckeyes get that chance to ride the underdog role, they they kind of roll with it and they they build it up. They they embrace it and they get that shot two times in a row because nobody really gave them a shot against Clemson. I have no clue why. I think people really wanted to see Alabama and Clemson, what part twenty four? Like what was it? Part eighty six? How many times they played? Like. 57,000 in a row? Or what is it? Like, why people want to keep seeing that? No, I won't even hate. Winners are winners. So, I mean, if they keep winning, that's that's what you got to see. So, I, I won't even hate on that. But I think that's what people wanted to see. They just wanted to see Alabama and Clemson like battle royale, winners take all. And, you know, Ohio State kind of messed that up. So, now it's like Alabama and how did Ohio State get here? Big blowout. And Ohio State's like, we're going to show you that we got a shot. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Hopefully COVID don't screw it up because, I mean, COVID screwing everything up. (laughs) Hey, hopefully we get COVID up out of here. I don't know. Sometime in 2021. 
Maybe that's wishful thinking, but we'll see. Um, go Bucks. <laughs> um, you got a Cincy fan talking with LP. Um, we'll be right back. Yo, 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 welcome back. Welcome back to a Cincy fan talking with LP. And of course, this is LP. And it looks like we will have March Madness this year. Hopefully, like we said, damn COVID, of course. But it's looking like we'll have all 68 teams in the Indianapolis area for March Madness. And they're going to take all 64 teams uh, for the women's tournament and um, probably put them in San Antonio for the um, women's March Madness. And um, I, I spoke on this before. Um, we, you know, talk pros and cons if they did it. And since it looks like it's about to happen, what I think is, I think the TBT, I think the basketball tournament showed the best way for this to be done if they follow the tbt model i think this can happen and it can happen i won't say seamlessly but i think it can happen well uh, what the tbt did that i think the NCAA probably can't do is they were able to quarantine everybody for like a two-week period or so before they even got them there and then once they got them there, they were able to have replacement teams. And then they had those replacement teams on deck. So if anything happened, like if one person on a team contracted COVID, that whole team was gone. And then a replacement team in the TBT took their place at any point in the tournament which was a really smart strategy. And I believe they used every single replacement team. I think they had six to eight replacement teams and they used them all. The tournament went off. They, they did it well. Uh, they did the whole thing in Columbus, um, crowned a champion. Then they got it done. It was the first, it was the first sporting event done actually. It was, it was the, I remember because I'm like sports on television, like <laughs> it's happening. Finally, if they can follow that model, it can work. The problem for the NCAA is going to be the fact that you have 68 teams trying to do 68 different things. It's going to be difficult. Not saying that it can't be done, but it's going to be difficult. And since they're using more venues, they're really going to have to watch it because they're going to use six sites and the TPT only used one. So you're housing 68 teams. You're going to have to use more places. And I mean, what's going to make it more difficult is that there's just more people. You have more people. You have more coaches. So the scope of it makes it more difficult again not saying that it can't be done because if everybody does what they're supposed to do if they follow the integrity of the rules and everything they can get it done the main issue is the outside forces 
because in Indiana, you know, COVID is, I mean, everywhere COVID is pretty, it is is running rampant and you have this new strain out. So they're going to have to be really careful. And more than anything, you're going to have to be flexible, no matter how well you lay the plans out, something's going to happen. And you're going to have to understand that just because you planned it this way, you're probably not going to be able to do it this way. You're going to have to do it a different way just because things don't work out the way you planned it. So being flexible is the key. Do I think it could work out? Definitely, because we've seen it work out. Like we literally watched it work out. So I'm definitely not going to sit here and say it can't work out. It's going to take a lot of planning. So kudos to them for... I mean, giving it a shot. Do I think they should be playing right now? That's a completely different animal because what should be happening is they should kind of be not playing right now so they can give themselves a chance to play March Madness. I mean, that's what really should be happening. I mean, they're kind of putting the cart before the horse trying to get all of the regular season games in and then their conference tournaments and then the actual tournament. I mean, force feeding as many games as they're doing might be a bit much because we've seen so many games get stopped. We've seen so many programs have to take pauses for like a week and they lose three games here and they lose two games there. It's, expectedly a mess we can't say we didn't expect it to be a mess but contingency plans have to be made because how many replacement teams are you going to have is there going to be a point where you're not going to take replacement teams all of this stuff has to be thought out so hopefully the ncaa has a very solid plan and they have contingency plans because you don't want to have one plan and then your plan doesn't work and then you're like oh well let's just cancel the whole thing because if you're going to do that you might as well not even do it because i don't know too many people that plan something and their plan goes off without a hitch when it's like a major thing it is rare usually something happens and you have to deviate from your plan a little bit i mean as that's just from my experience. So plan and then over plan and then over plan your over plan. That would be what I would say. So, I mean, on that note, I mean, the first show of the year, um, I kind of be remiss if, if I didn't say, um, for everybody out there, you know, shouting black lives matter, you know, riding for the cause and everything, <clears throat> I simply say, make sure you do that 365 days a year. Um, if it's a leap year, make sure you do it 366 days a year because we got stuff out here happening to us every single day. I mean, you might see major cases broadcast out here, you know, but, you know, us as black people, you know, we have major hurdles that we're trying to jump over every single day. You know, we got stuff we're out here fighting for. We got people trying to hold us back on a regular basis. And 
we need the support of everybody out here. Everybody out here, shout Black Lives Matter. Like, we need you guys out here every day. We appreciate the hashtags, you know. We appreciate y'all with the banners and all of that. Like, we really do. But, like, we need that support every day, all the time. Like, if you see somebody out here talking reckless, like, we need you to speak up. Like, we really need that, and we really appreciate that. Like, just make sure it's not just a hashtag. Like, we really would appreciate that this year out of all of the years because we saw 2020, and we saw what support and love could do for us, and we don't want that to rest. We don't want that to stop just because the calendar changed and just because people stopped talking about it because we see what happens when people stop talking about it. Once the news cycle stops, people feel like the cameras are off and the same madness starts up all over again. So we don't wanna be a hashtag. We don't wanna be just like a trend. We want this to be a statement that lasts forever. We want black lives to actually matter. So please make sure you keep that going. Um, And on that note, um, we out of here. Um, make sure you make sure you check me out. That's every Tuesday. Um, you know the deal. And as always, life is good. I'll let you next week. If you're not ready for the conversation to end, I'm not either. Make sure to catch me on Twitter. That's the Cincy Fan Talking. Leave off the G at the end of it, and we can keep the conversation going. Also, don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes. The episodes will drop every Tuesday. If there's a change in that, I'll make sure to let you know. Appreciate the support. As always, life is good.